Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Sheep only do well when they listen and they obey, and they follow. You and I will never do well in our life unless we do all three things. I listen to God, I obey God, and I follow God. If one or two of those is lacking from your life, you will never do well as a sheep because you're prone to wonder. You're prone to go off and do your own thing. That's our nature. We're followers. Among the many titles that Christ has in both the Old and New Testament, Good Shepherd is perhaps the one we are most familiar with. Just like sheep, we as humans are prone to wander and are in great need of guidance and direction, which is exactly what Christ offers. In today's edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark emphasizes the importance of listening and following the voice of our Good Shepherd. In our study, we learned that in order for us to continually grow and to avoid unnecessary trials, following the lead of Christ is our greatest path. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark with his continuing study entitled, Company Expanding, Great Jobs Available. hired hand is not the shepherd who owns the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, this hired hand, well, he abandons the sheep and run. Another one was a difficulty, he runs. Then the wolf attacks, the flock scatters it. The man runs away because he's a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. Then Jesus repeats it. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep Know me, just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. What was Jesus saying? Something you need to know and I need to know. It's very simple. Here it is. Everyone needs a shepherd, and Jesus is the only true shepherd. See, if you're a sheep and I'm a sheep, sheep are wanderers. They need a shepherd. You'll hear people say today, there's no need for corporate church anymore. You can just do, sit by the internet and watch the internet. Well, the internet's great. If you can't get to church, I think it's a great mechanism. If you're not used to coming to church, I think it's a great mechanism. But the church will never go away. See, God designed you as a sheep to be in the church where you have a shepherd. And here you have a pastor and numbers of pastors and elders, and we're your shepherds. We're not hirelings. This is certainly not... A job for us. All the elders, in fact, aren't even paid anything. Those of us that are pastors, all of us left other professions because God called us to do this. 
It's a calling. So notice what we see here that Jesus says the sheep need a shepherd. The ultimate shepherd of this flock is not myself, it's God. But under God, I am the one responsible for the sheep. I need a shepherd, I have one. You need a shepherd, you have one, but you need a local shepherd. Now skip down to verse 27 because it's a huge, huge verse. Now if you're a sheep, how do you know that you have a real relationship with God? Let me give you, just let me have your attention for a second, look up here. A lot of people will sit, you'll go to somebody and say, are you a Christian? Well, sure, I'm a Christian. Back in 74, I accepted the Lord. And you say, well, what church do you go to? Well, I don't really go to church once in a while. I drop by, but not really interested in church too much. What, do you read the Bible? Well, once in a while. I've read it once. I got through it. It's pretty cool. And you say to them, well, you're going to go to heaven then, right? Oh, absolutely. I'm a, I, absolutely, I'm a Christian. Well, when I meet those people kindly, I usually challenge them with a verse just about what you're going to read. Because I want to say something to you. Most of those people are not believers. They never did become a Christian. You say, Pastor Mark, are you a judge? No, I just take the scripture and show you. So if you're a sheep, what does a sheep do? How does a sheep respond? If Jesus is your shepherd, if God is your shepherd, what does that look like? Well, here in verse 27, it's very simple to see what it looks like. Take a look. My sheep, Christian, Jesus' sheep, Number one, they do what? Tell me. They listen to whose voice? My voice. Number two, I know them. Do you remember what Jesus said in in Matthew 7? He says, on that last day, many will say, well, didn't we do this and that and the other? And Jesus said, I never, never knew you. I never had a relationship with you. That's the greatest misconception. It continues today. You can be a church member all you want, but unless you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, you're not a believer. So Jesus says this, my sheep listen, number one, to my voice. Number two, I know them. And it doesn't stop there. What's the third really, really, really big proof that you're a follower of Jesus Christ? You do what? That was real tough, wasn't it? You see... I hear him, I know him, and I prove it by following him. So, a person that says, well, I got saved in 74 and go to church. No, read the Bible. Yeah, I have a couple times, whatever. I'm going to say to them, here's what I say to them, kindly. You tell me if you're a follower of Jesus Christ right now. What are they going to say to me? No. And I'm going to say to them, Take, check this verse out. Because you're not a sheep of Jesus. You say, well, that's pretty hard, isn't it? I'd rather them hear it from me now than too late. Do you understand? So Jesus just simply says, and here's a little statement you want to write down. It makes a lot of sense. Sheep only do well when they listen and they obey and they follow. You and I will never do well in our life unless we do all three things. I listen to God. I obey God. And I follow God. If one or two of those is lacking from your life, you will never do well as a sheep because you're prone to wonder. You're prone to go off and do your own thing. That's our nature. We're followers. Now, notice back there, it says, my sheep listen to my voice. What does the voice of God sound like? If I'm supposed to 
if I'm supposed to listen to God's voice, what in the world does it sound like? Here's the answer. It's very simple. The voice of God is the word of God. The voice of God is the word of God. So, Pastor Mark, how do I know if I'm hearing God? Well, if what you're hearing matches the Bible, then you're hearing the voice of God. If it doesn't match the Bible, you're not hearing the voice of God. I have people quite often come in for counseling sessions, as do all the pastors, and we go through some things or whatever, and they'll say, God told me to do this. And I say to them, say that to me again. Well, God told me to do this. And I, I said, well, just a moment. And, you know, wherever it happens to be, I'll turn to whatever and say, well, here's what God said. It's just the opposite of what you said. Yeah, but God told me I'm the exception. Oh, I hear that all the time. We laugh, but I hear that all the time. You know, God didn't tell them they were the exception. Whose voice have they just heard? They've heard Satan. You see, I can justify pretty much anything I want to do. So you can't ever say you've heard the voice of God if it goes against the Bible. So my sheep know my voice. Let me show you how this really works. I think this is crucial for you to understand. Now, those of you that are missing Wednesday nights, I encourage you to get online, watch the service, listen to the service. We're going through the Old Testament, and we're doing uh, some of the minor prophets. One of the minor prophets is the book of Amos. Take a look at me, and I'll give you a 30-second capsule of what it's about. In the Old Testament, Israel was a nation of 12 tribes. Well, at some point, right after Solomon, the, the nation split. There was a division, two in the south and 10 in the north. Well, basically, the 10 tribes of Israel in the north were ungodly. They started worshiping idols. They intermarried with all kinds of other people. They were mixing God's worship and pagan worship, and it was a total disaster. Well, God kept sending to the nation prophets with his voice and saying to them, repent, stop it, you can't do it. Don't you remember what it was like before? Come back to me, I'm giving you another chance over and over and over and over and over again. Well, one day God sent a, a man by the name of Amos. He was a sheep herder. And God said to him, I have a message. I want you to go and tell my people. So he lived in the south of Judah and he went to the north. And he had to tell the nation of Israel all of these things that they didn't want to hear. You're going to go, if you don't repent, you're going to go into captivity. I'm going to destroy your nation. You'll never be a nation again. And he went through all of these things. He didn't want to do that, but God said, you've got to warn them. See, God always, listen, God always warns before he judges. That's because he's a fair God. So Amos goes... And I want you to see this incredible picture. He has five visions. We'll cover the next, the last two visions Wednesday night. But here's the third vision. Look at Amos chapter 7, verse 7. Then he showed me another vision. God showed him another vision. Supernatural. And I saw the Lord standing beside a wall that had been built using a plumb line. Now, what is a plumb line? A plumb line is a, a string with a kind of a piece of metal on the bottom. It, it holds it straight. Gravity holds it right down. Today, we use a level. It's a plumb line. He said, I saw the Lord standing beside a wall. The wall would have been like a picture of Israel as a nation. He was checking it with a plumb line to see if it was straight. So what was God doing? Well, in the vision, let's just say this, uh, this side of the podium here is a, is a wall. It's the nation of Israel. So God's taking this plumb line and he's looking to see what? I mean, this is not hard stuff now, guys. 
He's looking to see what? Is, is the nation straight? And what do we mean by the nation being straight? Not that they were gay or whatever. Were they following God's word? Were they following his commandments? He said, don't have any other gods before you. So he puts it there and goes, how are you doing? It was a plumb line. Now, notice what it says. And the Lord said to me, Amos, what do you see? So it says, Amos, I'm, I'm holding it with my eyes. I want you to look. What do you think? Then? Is the nation straight up? Are they doing fine? He says, what do you see? And I answered, a plumb line. And the Lord replied, I will test my people with this plumb line. I will no longer ignore all their sins. So what he's saying in the vision, and I'll explain it to you in a moment. God holds this plumb line out and he looks at the nation of Israel and he goes, Amos, what do you see? Well, Amos is going to say, man, they're crooked. They're not listening at all to what you said. And then God says, well, because of that, I'm, I'm not going to ignore their sin. What is the plumb line that God used? Here's your answer. God's word's the plumb line. It's always been the plumb line. He was judging them, number one, on the Ten Commandments. And then he judged them out of Exodus. And he was saying to them, I told you not to do all of these things. Here you've set up pagan altars. In my city, Bethel, the house of bread, you set up a pagan altar. And you're mixing your pagan religion with that. And so what God is basically saying is, what, what in the world are you doing? Now, God's word is the plumb line. What does that mean? It tells us how to live. I shared with you earlier, when you got out of the hospital with your newborn, you know, they didn't give you this manual and said, here's how to live. But this is the manual, how to raise your children. Dr. Spock is not your manual. This is a manual. And it has all the answers to life. And a lot of people say, well, that, that doesn't even apply today. What? I want you to see something. I got an email from somebody last night just before he came to church. I thought it was really good. It says, Pastor Mark, young man that goes to this fellowship. I woke this morning at 5 a.m. to a loud bang. I looked outside and realized something was on fire. What was on fire was my truck. I ran downstairs after calling 9-11 to see this huge inferno. As you can see in the pictures, the front and the interior truck were all melted, except... I love it! And what he wrote in the email was this, God's word is indestructible. Hallelujah. You say to me today, well, God's word doesn't apply. I want to say to you, the word of God says, my word will never pass away. So what do you base your life on today? Isn't that incredible? It's right in the front seat. Everything's melted around it. There's the Bible. You say, that's a coincidence. What's wrong with you? (laughs) It's not a coincidence. Look at the contrast of these two verses. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. So the word of God, Amos says, God, why are you using the word as a plumb line? Because this is how the people are to live. And I read to you this morning that you're a sheep. You need a shepherd. Don't forsake the gathering together of yourselves. Last week, I taught you from the word of God, the one another commands. You have to be in relationship to other people in a small group. You must. You are not in... Pastor Mark, I'm an an exception to that rule. You are not. 
So if God holds the plumb line up to you and you don't want to be around other Christians and you're not interested in helping other Christians, when he holds the plumb line up to you, what does he see? You're out of alignment. You're not right. It's not Calvary Chapel. It's not the Catholic Church. It's not the Protestant Presbyterian. It's the Word of God. Look at the next verse. Here's the problem. Sheep are followers. They're prone to wonder. Notice what it says. There's a path before each person that seems right, but it ends in death. So there's always this, as a sheep, I'm always hearing other voices. Go this way, go that way. But God's voice is the one I want to listen to. Now, a survey was done recently in the United States. Amazing to me. And they said to the individuals, and I'm like, I'll just filter it all down to the end. As you make moral choices in your life, what do you use to make a moral choice? 16% of the people in the United States use the Bible as their guide for moral choice. That's one out of every six. What do the other five use? You know what they use? Whatever feels right. That's what the article says. Whatever they feels right. They don't use this as a standard. They just, whatever it feels right, they do it. That's disaster. And that's why our country's in a disaster. How can it be when we have all these voices outside that we don't listen to the one absolute truth? God is going to measure his people against absolute truth. It's no longer what is right in your eyes. It's what is right in God's eyes. He's the one holding the plumb line. I want to share with you, by the way, do you think there's other voices speaking to us in this world other than God's voice? I'm going to share with you a few. Don't get angry at me. I'm not angry. I'm not trying to put people down. I'm not condemning people. But I want to show you how desperate our world is today. Number one, when, when five-sixths of the people have no use for the Bible, what does that tell us? We're in trouble as a nation. Any of you know what was the winner of the best movie this last week for last year? Anybody know the name? I won't ask you if you went to it. If you did, I'll talk to you later. Anybody know, know the name of it? Broke Back Mountain, winner of four Golden Glove Awards, best picture of the year. Let me tell you what it's about. It's about two cowboys who are out, and one night they find themselves in a tent together, and they make love, two men, homosexual, and they begin to love it. They like it. So they expand that in the movie. Later in the movie, both the men marry a woman, different woman, as a wife. So they both go to a normal marriage, as God designed. They have children, as God designed. You go, well, whew, finally, got that out of their life. No. The movie shows that during a normal year, they go to have a tryst three or four times with each other. So in town, we have a husband and wife, children, and husband and wife and children. Things are going fine. They're having sexual relationships with each other. But a few times a year, these two husbands go, and they have homosexual relationships with each other. And that is the best movie of this year. But I want you to hear a statement that's blasphemous. It comes from somebody speaking about the picture. 
This is a film in which love feels almost as if it was being invented. Now, I don't have to watch a movie to find out how to define love. I just turned to 1 Corinthians 13 and it tells me what I have about love. And it does not tell me that I have homosexual, lesbian relationship. It does not tell me that love includes adultery. You say, Pastor Mark, it's no big deal. What? It's no big deal? It's a huge deal. Because the world says, it's okay. Now, we love homosexuals. We love lesbians. We love people that commit adultery. We hate their sin, just like we hate any of the sin that we do. But I want to tell you, Sodom and Gomorrah was judged for that, and we're very close. Let me just say this to you. If you call yourself a follower of Jesus Christ, and you went and you're enjoying that movie, you're as crooked as can be. Amen. I say it again. Amen, amen, amen. You can't watch that stuff. Well, how about the voice that tells us this? By the way, was that God's voice? Did he vote for the movie of the year? No. No, I'm not making fun of those people. Those people need God. Before you were a Christian, you were lost. Just like they are. So we have to pray for them. How about the Da Vinci Code? Is that God's voice? No, it's not God's voice. It's voice from the pit of hell. That movie is incredibly successful. Now, in in case you think, man... Bummer's really too. We're going to get placards. We're going to go all over the place. We're going to do whatever. Wrong. You know what we're to do? Just keep telling the truth and shine for Jesus. We're not into all this jazz you see people doing. We're not going that way. We're not hate people. We're none of that kind of stuff. We don't pick it. We just love Jesus. Teach the word of God. And when the light comes on, people go, whoa, need a change. You got it. And God will change you. The Da Vinci Code. By the way, was the book popular? The movie's coming. Will the movie be popular? Yes. You know, it purports that Jesus, Mary Magdalene, had relations with her. That's garbage. So, when the movie comes, somewhere in that month, I'm going to teach a whole weekend on the garbage of the Da Vinci Code. Why? So that you'll have understanding of the voice that's out there that is not from God. Let me read you another one. You tell me where this voice came from. This last Wednesday... A Vermont judge handed out a 60-day sentence to a man who raped a little girl many, many times over a four-year span, starting when she was seven. The judge, when asked about the 60-day jail sentence, said he no longer believes in punishment and is much more concerned about this man and his rehabilitation. Now, where did that voice come from? Did that voice come from God? That voice did not come from God. Our country is about to be judged. Our country is way out of plumb. When can you have a judge, a little girl gets abused for all those years, and a slap on the man's hand? We're a sick country. But we just have to shine. God's put us here. Whether it's a new job or perhaps an ongoing career, each of us needs guidance and direction to maintain efficiency in our role. This is especially true when it comes to being disciples of Christ and our walk with the Lord. In today's edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark taught us the importance of maintaining a willingness to listen and answer to the voice of our Good Shepherd who guides us daily. You've been listening to Lessons for Living, the teaching ministry of Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. 
Each day here on Lessons for Living, we share messages that Pastor Mark taught at the main campus in Melbourne. Maybe you're listening right now in Brevard County and you don't have a home church. And today's message was exactly what you were looking for. Join us for worship. We meet at the Melbourne and Vieira campuses on Saturday night at 6 p.m. and Sunday morning at 8.30 and 10.45 a.m. And those in the Sebastian area can join us Sunday mornings at 10.45 a.m. For more information, call us toll-free at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. Or log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the link to the church website. As mankind progresses towards a more relative outlook on moral standards, we are constantly seeing a decline in society as a whole. What used to be regarded as a beacon of guidance and direction is now seen as outdated, bigoted, and no longer relevant. In the next edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark will teach us how the Word of God is the one true source of guidance and absolute truth. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time as Pastor Mark continues teaching through the Gospel of Matthew. That's next time on Lessons for Living. in a hurry.